Grace be to you in peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We turn our attention again to our gospel lesson. When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. And you are going to testify too, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have told you these things so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who murders you will think he is offering a service to God. They will do these things because they have not known the Father or me. But I have told you these things so that when their time comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you. We pray. Sanctify us through the truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, it's good to be prepared for things. This time of year, media does a pretty good job reminding us to be prepared for storms, right? They tell us what to do, what not to do. If we hear a storm warning, if we hear the sirens going off, or is there a tornado warning, they want us to be prepared. If you're going to have some surgery, the doctors and the nurses will come in and help you get prepared. They'll explain you know, what the procedure is and what you might see or feel when you wake up and what might be in store for you during your recovery. They might even suggest that you watch a video that explains it in more detail and shows you examples of what people have experienced during recovery from the same surgery. If we know some things that might happen, it's easy for us to be prepared when they do happen, and that's what Jesus was doing for his disciples. He was telling them, after he went into heaven, after he ascended back into heaven, these are some things that are going to happen. He wanted them to be prepared to witness about him and then to suffer for him. These three chapters of John's Gospel, 14, 15, and 16, Jesus talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. He calls him the paraclete, translated in a number of different ways, counselor, encourager, comforter, advocate. It's a word that has a picture of calling one someone over to your side to tell them something important, so if you picture a coach, kind of helps you understand what the word means. Coach calls someone over to his side to maybe correct something they're doing wrong or to instruct them about a play that he wants to run or just to give them encouragement if it seems that they're kind of frustrated. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He comes alongside of us through his word, through the word, and he corrects us when we sin. He instructs us in what God's will is. And he encourages us, pointing us over and over again to those promises of God that never fail. That instruction, that correction, that encouragement from the Holy Spirit is always spot on. Do you hear what Jesus calls him? The Spirit of Truth. He can't lie. His primary work 
is, Jesus says, to testify about me. To make sure that people are focusing on Jesus, who he is, and what his death and resurrection mean. His work for the disciples would be, since they had been with Jesus from the beginning, to help them, enable them to remember everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus did. And as the spirit of truth, to make sure that when they taught those things and when they recorded them for us in the scriptures, they were the truth, recorded without error. He would guide them into all truth. He would enable them to testify, to witness about Jesus, about what he said, about what he did. The book of Acts records for us what happened. Jesus fulfilled his promise. After he ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to his disciples and enabled them to testify about him. After they received the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, they no longer were locking themselves behind closed doors for fear of the Jews. They were standing boldly in front of thousands of people, even before the Sanhedrin, who they knew wanted to kill them, and witnessing about Jesus. They were making it clear who he was. He was the promised Messiah, that God sent him into the world to save the world, but the world did not receive him. How although he performed many miraculous signs and wonders, proving that he was who he claimed to be, the Son of God, the promised Messiah, he was still rejected and accused of doing those things by the power of Satan. They were very pointed in their words. They told the crowds gathered on Pentecost, they told the Jewish Sanhedrin, God sent you that Messiah you were looking for and you killed him. When the people were cut to the heart, when they were horrified that they could have done such a thing, Peter reminded them that God accomplished his mission in Jesus in spite of them. That God raised him from the dead. And he ascended into heaven and placed all his enemies under his feet. Salvation has been purchased in full so that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, even though you and I haven't personally witnessed everything that Jesus did and heard everything that Jesus said, the things that we need to know, the Holy Spirit had caused to be written down for us in his word. So we know the important things that Jesus said and the important things that Jesus did. The Holy Spirit, through the word that he's preserved for us, reminds us that we too crucified Jesus. Our sins were on his shoulders on the cross. And through the word, the Holy Spirit reminds us that in spite of us, Jesus accomplished his mission. And he rose from the dead so that repentance and forgiveness of sins could be preached among all the nations, reaching even to you and to me. He's moved us to call on the name of the Lord for forgiveness so that we have salvation. And so, just like those apostles, now we too are his witnesses. Peter reminds us in his epistles that we're always to be prepared, right? Always be prepared to give to anyone who asks us a reason for the hope that we have. 
prepared are you? Are you always prepared? You think about the early church. It grew by leaps and bounds, partially because those early Christians were prepared to witness about Jesus wherever they went, by their words and by their actions. Every day, every place they went, they were giving testimony about Jesus. Could it be that one of the reasons that many Christian churches are shrinking today is that too many Christians aren't prepared to witness about Jesus? Could it be that too many Christians hide their faith in Jesus? Could it be that too many of us would rather talk about the weather or sports or even politics, anything but Jesus? As you see, your failure to witness about Jesus, may the Holy Spirit remind you again of what Jesus has done for you. He was always a faithful witness as your substitute on the cross. He paid for all of your failures to be prepared to witness. And now in the joy of your forgiveness, devote yourselves to being witnesses to Jesus. Make use of whatever training you can find, whatever training is available, so that you can always be prepared to do what Peter says, not to answer every question, but to give people the reason for the hope that you have. You have the hope of heaven because of what Jesus did in your place. Like the disciples, we're always to be prepared to witness to others about Jesus. But Jesus wanted to prepare his disciples, and he wants to prepare us for what will likely happen when we do witness about him as the one and only Savior. It's not always going to go well. Not everybody we witness to is immediately going to come to faith and, and thank us. In fact, there are going to be many who have a strong negative reaction when we witness about Jesus. We want to silence those who say that Jesus is the one and only Savior. Jesus told his disciples, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who murders you will think he is offering a service to God. This word certainly reminds us of Saul. When he was persecuting Christians in Jerusalem, having them excommunicated, put out of the synagogue, having them put in jail if he could, he thought he was performing a service to God. He'd even gotten letters of introduction to the Jewish leaders in Damascus to do the same thing to Christians who lived there. However, on his way, Jesus himself appeared to Saul. The Holy Spirit called him to faith in Jesus as his Savior. And he began preaching Christ, witnessing about Christ himself, and suffering for Christ as well. Jesus reminds the disciples that like Saul was, he tells us that when he was doing those things, he really thought he was offering a service to God. He really thought he was doing what God's will was when he was persecuting Christians. There are still people today who think that way, radicalized Muslims, really firmly believe that when they kill Christians, they're offering a service to God. That's what they believe. Others think that by silencing Christians, they are maybe saving the planet, or that they're ridding the earth of troublemakers and judgmental people, or that they're preserving 
the rights of gays and abortion rights. So if you continue to witness about Jesus and the reason for the hope that you have, that Jesus is the one and only way, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Well, Jesus says, you better be prepared to suffer. Most of you probably witnessed a confirmation or two this past month. In those services, you were reminded of what you yourself promised at your own confirmation. You're going to be faithful, even unto death. Faithful even in the face of trouble, persecution. Even if you're threatened with execution for your faith, you're going to remain faithful to God. Have you been faithful? Have there been times when you remain silent to avoid trouble, persecution, even maybe just laughter? Have there been times when you denied Jesus by the things that you said or did and you knew those things were contrary to God's will? As you think about those times in your life, those times that you have been unfaithful, when you have hidden your faith to avoid suffering, remember the Holy Spirit through the Word is pointing you back to Jesus. He is reminding you that Jesus was never unfaithful. He never chose to hide who he was or hide the truth, even if it meant suffering. In fact, he told the truth before Pilate and before the chief priests. And humanly speaking, that was the reason he was crucified. On the cross, he took the punishment that you and I deserve for all the times that we have been tempted or when we actually have hidden our faith to avoid suffering. In love, Jesus didn't sugarcoat what would happen when we witness about him and proclaim that he's the one and only Savior to the world. He warned the disciples and he warns us still today that when we do witness about him, we can expect to suffer. Because he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, he has sent us the comforter, the encourager, the coach, the Holy Spirit. Through the word that the Holy Spirit has caused to be recorded and reserved to us, he continues every day to correct us when we sin, to point us to Jesus for our forgiveness. And he continues to prepare us to witness and to suffer. Jesus says to us what he said to the disciples. I have told you these things so that when their time comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I have told you these things so that you will not fall away. I have told you these things so that you would be prepared to witness about me and to suffer for me. Amen. Please stand.